Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Citizens of Perfectville and Doll fans everywhere, football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next head coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, 50-5-0. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. No, no, no. Not just basketball, ladies and gentlemen. Bet Online's your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. The coverage is the best in the business, from sports right down to your Vegas casino games. Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, part of the Believe Network. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about the good doctor himself, Dr. Christopher Colon, who is not with me, ladies and gentlemen. Nope, that's right. Flying solo on this very special, lonely episode of Welcome to Perfectville. Chris is on the road uh, running around with Mr. Zachary Thomas Colon, his son, who is uh, playing in some sort of highfalutin rugby tournament so uh uh this is going to be kind of a quick and dirty episode just going over free agency everything the miami dolphins have been doing everything they should be doing everything they did not do and of course everything that's going on around the league since free agency started earlier this week and how that affects the miami dolphins and does it ever affect the miami dolphins the afc right now may be the most stacked conference of any major sport ever in the history of U.S. sports. And no, I am not overselling it. It is absolutely insane, the arms race that is happening across the AFC. As I sit here and talk to you right now, Deshaun Watson has changed his mind, reversed course, flipped over on the massage table, if you will, and is now going to Cleveland. He gets a five-year $230 million. That's right, $230 million, fully guaranteed to go play with Amari Cooper, who was traded to the Cleveland Browns from the Dallas Cowboys just a few days earlier, and yet another powerhouse quarterback in the powerhouse AFC Wow, this is yet another team that the Miami Dolphins play here in 2022. They're going to have to deal with yet another team that might be going for a wild card, just like the Miami Dolphins are most likely going to be going for a wild card. It is an absolute loaded AFC right now, and the Miami Dolphins have to contend with that for years and years and years to come. So let's just break down. Let's start with what the Miami Dolphins have done. Okay. So at the start of free agency, the start of the tampering period, Emmanuel Ogba, first out of the gate, signed back to the Miami Dolphins, never sees free agency, go right down to the last minute. Negotiations ramped back up over the weekend and Monday morning. They signed Emmanuel Ogba back. He continues to play for the Miami Dolphins, number 91, big 91, back on that defensive line opposite Jalen Phillips. 
that stout defensive front that the Miami Dolphins had over the last couple of years, led by Emmanuel Ogba, uh, is going to continue. I think it's a great signing. Uh, it's it's not going to break the bank, and you're going to see something. There's a couple of things you're going to see as we talk about all the signings and re-signings that the Miami Dolphins did for free agency here is that they're giving themselves flexibility in terms of scheme, in terms of fit, in terms of salary cap relief, in terms of what they can and can't do in the future years after this one. But Emmanuel Ogba, um, one of the three top free agents at the Miami Dolphins I felt needed to bring back. I didn't think they were going to get it done, but they do. Like I said, the big man is back. Mike Kosicki back. He signs his free agent, or I'm sorry, his um, franchise tag tender, Nick Needham, uh, maybe the best slot corner in the league. He comes back and now Emmanuel Ogba. So the top three free agents, potential free agents for the Miami Dolphins back in the mix with Mike McDaniel and the new regime. The defense as a whole pretty much stays the same. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we get further into it. But the first free agent domino to fall, the first outsider, if you will, rest in peace, Scott Hall, that came to the Miami Dolphins was Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds from the Arizona Cardinals, formerly 5'9", 210 pounds, fast, 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 can catch the ball out of the backfield, can block, can run a little bit. I think he averages over five yards per you know, handling of the ball. I don't think that's an exact stat uh, that you would see, but um, the guy is quick as hell. He uh, can do just about everything. He's not in every down back, but uh, he makes sense, I think, right? Chase Edmonds, knowing what Mike McDaniel wants to get done with the wide zone scheme on offense, running the ball, he can do just about everything. Uh, and you pair him with some other people here coming up that uh, it just makes sense. We've rebuilt the running backs room for the Miami Dolphins in a matter of days, lots of speed. That's what you're going to see on offense with the moves that we did here for the Miami Dolphins in 2022. Speed, speed, and more speed. Kind of building on what we did last year with Jalen Waddle, right? So you have Chase Edmonds, who's the very first free agent for the Miami Dolphins to come to agreement with. And then shortly after that, Cedric Wilson Jr. from the Dallas Cowboys previously comes over to Miami, um, probably our third wide receiver, assuming Devontae Parker is healthy and assuming Devontae Parker is not traded at some point. More on that a little bit later. Uh, comes over to help shore up that wide receiver room, which was very shallow, ladies and gentlemen. So we had Jalen Waddle last year, Devontae Parker sometimes, and then not a whole lot else. I mean, we are all sad that Mac Hollins moved to the Raiders, but when he is your third option and sometimes second option, you don't have very many options. So Cedric Wilson comes, makes the wide receiver room just a little bit deeper. Same thing, 6'1", 205 pounds. Guy can do just about anything and everything. I think him in this offense for Mike McDaniel, and again, what we're going to be doing, um, you're going to be pleasantly surprised with how Cedric Wilson fits within the Miami Dolphins offense here in 2022 and beyond. He gets a three-year contract. Like I said, could be a number two receiver, most likely slotted as your number three. I don't think they're quite done with the wide receiver room, despite having lots and lots of activity and signings over the last few days. Um, they bring back Preston Williams as well. That's another name that everyone thought was done and gone. He signs a one-year contract. The unicorn lives at least for one more year in Miami, at least for now. So now we have Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Cedric Wilson, and of course, we go and get uh, Trent Sherfield, who was with the 49ers last year. Not a lot there, but knows the system, knows Mike McDaniel. Again, another big-bodied, abled blocker, as well as special teamer. So we're going to shore up special teams. We're going to shore up wide receivers. We're going to shore up 
the offense as best we possibly can. This is just, again, one of those glue guys that I don't think he's going to, you're going to look back at the end of the year and say, wow, this guy had a lot of stats, but you're going to look at him and go, this guy really helped us kind of a Mac Hollins replacement, if you will. Right. And that's because Mac Hollins goes to the Raiders. Well, again, we'll talk about the Raiders and the rest of the AFC as we go forward. But for now, looking at this Miami Dolphins first few moves, you can see what the strategy is. Right, keep your own defensive free agents. They signed almost all defensive free agents back. Duke Riley's back. Brennan Scarlett's back in terms of shoring up the linebacker depth. Uh, Landon Roberts is back uh, on a one-year contract. You have um, uh, Keon Chasen, who's coming in, who's really more of a special special teamer, but one of the best in the league. So again, addressing the special teams concerns that we had. Uh, last year with the Miami Dolphins, they pretty much brought back just about every single defensive starter and backup because they are going to, as the kids say, run it back with this defense in 2022 and beyond, which makes sense. I mean, we kept the defensive staff for the most part. We made some upgrades with the cornerbacks coach, Sam Madison, Patrick Sertan, people like that. But uh, Mike McDaniel has flat out said, like he has since he's come to Miami, um, he's pretty much telling us what he's going to do, and then he's going out and doing it. He said he wanted to bring Emmanuel Ogba back. He brought Emmanuel Ogba back. He said he, he loved the defense, except when he had to play against it two years ago. So he's going to keep those defensive uh, coaches, defensive players, defensive scheme, and run it back with that and try to shore up the offense, which is why when you look at free agency, I've been saying this for quite some time. That's where we were going to focus our efforts is on the offensive side of the ball, wide receivers, running backs, backup quarterback, which, by the way, the Miami Dolphins landed their number one target there as well. Out with Jacoby Brissett, in with Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Bridgewater, comes back home to Miami where he is a legend inside this community, uh, comes in not looking to be the starter, comes in knowing exactly what the expectations are to help Tua be better and step in should, if and when, Tua goes down with an injury. That's it. That's why Teddy Bridgewater is here. He's here to help Tua. He's helped to, He's here to help bridge, if you will, that gap between Tua in year two and Tua in year three. And uh, I think it's a remarkable pickup. I think it actually helps that quarterback room. They start to get better. And I want to bring that up because I think people are looking at this. I am too going, have they done enough? Have the Miami Dolphins done enough here in free agency to make them better? And I would argue on offense, they have but they're not done and they shouldn't be considered done. Um, but if you look at the quarterback room, Tua and Teddy better than Tua, 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 Tua and Jacoby. I think, I don't know that anybody that's going to argue that Tua and Teddy TNT better than Jacoby brisket and Tua tongue of Iloa from 2021. So a little bit of a net upgrade there. If you look at the running backs room, we already talked about chase Edmonds being added. That alone makes them better. People forget he was the actual starter for the Arizona Cardinals last year before he got hurt. And that is the big, big hiccup there is can he stay healthy? But when he was the starter, the Arizona Cardinals were unbeatable. They were the last team to lose last year. And a big part of that was due to Chase Edmonds and the dynamic that he brought to that offense. He was an escape valve for Kyler Murray in terms of in the pass game, as well as being able to block and just basically turn around and hand the ball off to him. Once he went down, once he got injured and James Conner took over that role and admittedly did very well enough to actually take that job from Chase Edmonds. Wouldn't you know it though, if all of a sudden the Arizona Cardinals were a little bit more one-dimensional. Now, part of that is DeAndre Hopkins being out, but part of it was Chase Edmonds. So bringing Chase Edmonds to the Miami Dolphins, that alone makes the running back room better. But that's not all they did. The Miami Dolphins also went out and they got Alec Ingold, 
who is a fullback, who can catch the ball, who can jump over people. He was formerly with the Las Vegas Raiders. He's now coming to the Miami Dolphins. Seems excited to be here. I mean, the Miami Dolphins are making fullbacks great again. They've got two of them on the roster, and you can start to see the build. You can start to see what Mike McDaniel did with the San Francisco 49ers and what he's going to do with the Miami Dolphins. We are going to run the ball. We're going to use fullbacks. We're going to use tight ends. We're going to use wide receivers, and those people are going to block. They're going to catch the ball when it makes sense for them to catch the ball, and we're going to run using fast runners behind these big blockers who know how to knock people on their ass. That's exciting. That's throwing it back to the 1970s era Miami Dolphins. Think about when we went undefeated and we had multiple running backs back there, right? The three-headed monster of Kick, Morris, and Zonka. Not quite that level. I'm not saying that they're there, but you put in Alec Ingold, you put in um, uh, Chase Edmonds, and then maybe the third part of that new triumphant that's going to be in that running back room, Raheem Mostert, coming back, the old practice squad running back who went to the Niners and basically ran them into the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Again, oft injured. He needs to stay healthy, but fast, quick, sudden. The guy has explosive plays written all over him. This is a guy who, if you watch the tape, if you look at his highlights, can start the game off putting you up seven to nothing with a single run. He can bring you back into a game with a simple catch, turn, and gone. Uh, him with Chase Edmonds, you know, with with competent blockers in front of him, like Alec Ingold, like Durham Smythe, which we'll talk about because, yes, he's back, and wide receivers like Trent Sherfield who can block. You get these guys on the edge. You get these guys in a, in a zone scheme where they can find the hole, cut, and go, and, oh, my God, all of a sudden you are cooking with fire, ladies and gentlemen, because they don't need much. They just need a sudden little opening there, and all of a sudden they're getting through that hole and they're getting into the end zone. That's what I love about these running backs that we picked up. They're fast, they're sudden, they know where the hole is, and they get through that hole. I'll leave the jokes alone. You guys can fill in the blanks at home. So you've got Chase Edmonds, you've got Raheem Mostert. Those are most likely your top two running backs uh, coming into this year. I don't know that we're spending high draft capital on any of those guys from Michigan State, Brees Hall from Iowa, or any of those guys. I told you that a couple of weeks ago. Look at where Mike McDaniel's spending his time. Listen to what he's saying. He's telling you, you don't need high draft capital running backs. We're not going to spend high draft capital. We're not going to spend a lot of money on running backs. We're going to give ourselves the flexibility that if Chase Edmonds goes down for a week, Raheem Mostert can just be that bulk back for that week. And if Raheem Mostert goes down, Chase Edmonds comes back and he can be the same guy. There's some good redundancy happening with the Miami Dolphins and some of these new signings that you see uh, in the running back room. Now, this doesn't mean the end for Miles Gaskin, although I think it will be. But right now, he's still on the team. Suvan Ahmed comes back. He was an exclusive rights free agent. So there's really no downside to bringing Suvan Ahmed back either. Um, and I think the Miami Dolphins are set. You might see maybe one more signing for the running backs, maybe a late round draft pick. But I don't think you're going to see more than Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert as your starting running backs for the Miami Dolphins in 2022. And I think, again, quite honestly, if they can remain healthy, that's going to be more than enough, especially in this league, especially as a pass-heavy league in a zone running zone running scheme. These guys can do everything that Mike McDaniel needs a running back to do, and that should excite you if you're a Miami Dolphins fan. If you like offense, if you like creative play calling, if you like seeing holes open up and running backs run through them, this is what you're going to see from the Miami Dolphins in 2022. And oh, by the way, once they start crashing down on that, meaning the defense, that's where your wide receivers come in. That's where Cedric Wilson, that's where Jalen Waddell and whoever else is going to be in that wide receiver room makes their money. 
right? Is being able to catch those passes off play actions, fooling those defense, getting themselves open. That's one of the best things Cedric Wilson does, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, he gets open. He gets separation from those defenders, something Miami wide receivers were not doing and have not done over the last couple of years. Tight window throws, high risk throws from Tua Tungabailoa and the other quarterbacks. Cedric Wilson solves a lot of those issues by just getting open. So uh, you're going to see a different offense this year. And we've been telling you that for a while, but none of this works. Tua Tungabailoa, Teddy Bridgewater, Cedric Wilson, Jalen Waddell, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Devontae Parker, Mike Gesicki, Durham Smythe, who's coming back. None of these guys work without an offensive line that can do what they're paid to do, which is block the big fat guys in front of them who are trying to murder our quarterback. And I don't know at this point, at this stage of free agency, that the Miami Dolphins have done enough to satisfy the concerns of not only the fan base, but perhaps the players that are playing behind this offensive line. And that right now with this AFC that we're about to go against here in 2022 is a reason for concern. As of right now, as I record this, as I speak to the citizens of Perfectville, the Miami Dolphins have made exactly one addition to the offensive line, and it's a good addition, but I don't know it's the addition that everyone was thinking we were going to make. Um, Teron Armstead is still out there, 30-year-old offensive tackle for the New Orleans Saints. He's been holed up waiting to see what Deshaun Watson was going to do, if he was going to join the Saints or not. But uh, as we talked about, Deshaun Watson is now on the Cleveland Browns. So the Teron Armstead holdout, hold up, whatever you want to call it, that uh, has been going on is probably on its way towards being resolved right now. But the Miami Dolphins are heavily favored to want to go after Teron Armstead to be their new left tackle. And rightfully so. The guy is a stud when he's healthy. But again, that's one of the themes that you're seeing with these offensive pieces that the Miami Dolphins have been acquiring. When healthy, these guys are really, really good. The key is, can they stay healthy? And here's my argument for Teron Armstead. Teron Armstead's 30, 31 years old. He is the best available left tackle that's out there. You could put him in just about any scheme and he's going to do well. And some people think, well, he's too old and he's too injured to pay that much money. And I would argue this. If Trent Williams from the San Francisco 49ers was available today, I don't think there's anybody in the Miami Dolphins fan base that would say, don't go get that guy because he's one of the top left tackles in the league. And oh, by the way, he's 33 years old, ladies and gentlemen. And Trent Williams, when he went to the Niners, was the same age that Teron Armstead is now. Now, here's the other part of that puzzle that I think is really, really interesting. Throughout his career, Trent Williams has been an all-pro, pro-bowl left tackle. He has never, if I'm not mistaken, played every game of the season. He's always missed time. He's always been injured. He's been dinged up. He had cancer at one point. The guy has always been down for some part of time. Even this past year in 2021, when the Niners overachieved, he missed two games because he was hurt. He was injured. Now, that being said, he's that good that you absorb that. You say that's kind of the cost of doing business with Trent Williams. I think that's the same thing with Teron Armstead. If you're signing Teron Armstead, if you're pursuing Teron Armstead and you're putting him on the line for the Miami Dolphins, which by the way, would make the whole Miami Dolphins team better, you know that you're probably not going to have him for 17 games a year. And that's okay. You need him for the majority of the games. And that's what you should be paying for. And I think it would be money well spent. So if Armstead's out there and the Miami Dolphins want him, they should go out and get him because they have the money to do so. And I think they have the scheme that would actually highlight him and make him even better than what he's shown so far in the New Orleans Saints. 
Lael Collins was another guy just released for the Cowboys. Uh, they were trying to, to trade him. Uh, couldn't find good enough compensation, so they cut him. I think they designated him as a June 1st cut, so it was actually cheaper to cut him than to trade him. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals going after Lael Collins. A right tackle with a left-handed quarterback makes a lot of sense for the Miami Dolphins. Um, I would love Lyle Collins coming to the Miami Dolphins. It makes sense. 28 years old, 29 years old. He's young enough. He's still in his athletic prime. Get him four or five years on the right-hand side. Your right tackle next to Robert Hunt as your right guard. And all of a sudden, you've got a beefy, really talented, good right side of your offensive line to not only protect to his blind side, but traditionally the side that you run behind. And I would love to see Lyle Collins next to Robert Hunt. I don't think they're going to get both. If they got both, I'll do backflips up and down the street here, and I'll record it and put it on Twitter and all the social medias because that would be an amazing upgrade for the Miami Dolphins on this offensive line. Um, but short of that, I mean, they did go out and get, uh, who was the guy? He was an offensive guard, Connor Williams. Connor Williams comes to the Miami Dolphins from the Dallas Cowboys, one of the most penalized guys in the league last year. Um, very talented, can, can, can certainly run block and pass block. Uh, kept his quarterback clean, but did dirty, uh, did dirty things to do that, uh, namely holding penalties. I think he was penalized like 14 times last year, which was second or maybe first. Uh, second was Austin Jackson, <laughs> our own Austin Jackson, but uh, formerly a left guard. I don't know where he's going to play for the Miami Dolphins. Makes sense that he would play left guard, but uh, he does make the Miami Dolphins better. He really does. He makes this team better. He puts other people that maybe shouldn't be on the line on the bench, and he maybe puts some other people that were out of position, perhaps being able to focus on their actual position. Um, but I'll tell you right now, Connor Williams is not enough for the Miami Dolphins offensive line. And I'm seeing this into the camera right now, even though you guys probably aren't going to see this. If Mike McDaniel is banking on Connor Williams being the only free agent to add to this offensive line and expects it to be enough for the Miami Dolphins to compete in a loaded AFC He's most likely wrong, and it's going to be a mistake. And I hope I'm wrong in saying that, because if this is the strategy, if the strategy is to coach up the existing talent on this offensive line and only add Carter Williams, Mike McDaniel better be right. Chris Greer better be right, because if they're not, if we start to see problems on this offensive line again, and you can't get a good read on if Tua is your guy or not, because he keeps running for his life because the offensive line is a problem yet again. The Miami Dolphins fan base is not going to give you two years. They're not even going to give you a full season. They will raise the pitchforks. They will light things on fire. And people are going to be called on the carpet immediately. Because just like running back has been a problem for a very long time that went unaddressed for the entire regime of Brian Flores, if we look at this offensive line and we do not address it other than new coaches and one piece, which is a good piece, but not a great piece, not a transformational piece, we're going to have problems with the Miami Dolphins. If it is a matter of coaching, then Mike McDaniel should get coach of the year if he can make Austin Jackson look competent again next year. But my concern is when you look at the rest of the AFC, and we're going to talk about that in just a little bit, this is not enough. Those are nice pieces that we got. Cedric Wilson, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, bringing back Mike Kosicki, bringing back Durham Smythe on a two-year contract. Those are all great pieces to have, but they mean nothing. If your quarterback can't get them the ball because he's flat on his back, because this offensive line is just not good enough to keep up with the defenders that they're going to be up against in the AFC in 2022. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Mike McDaniel's right. But I have a feeling that if the Miami Dolphins don't do anything more than what they've done, this is going to be a problem for 2022 and beyond.
Well, speaking of which, we talked about the de- the defense. We're running it back. The defense here. We signed pretty much everyone back. Really, the only person that I've seen that we have lost so far is Mac Hollins, who goes to the Las Vegas Raiders. But uh, he he doesn't even get to share the headlines for an entire day because Mac Hollins goes to the Raiders, who uh, not only go get Chandler Jones to help their defensive line, but uh, go get perhaps the best wide receiver in the league. We're going to talk about the Raiders, the AFC West, and the rest of the just freaking stacked AFC right after these words. And we'll come back and see how it affects the Miami Dolphins and all the citizens of Perfectville right after this. The holiday season may be over and the Miami Dolphins season may be over, but that doesn't mean you have to stop your shopping. No, you can still get everything you were always going to get at Amazon.com. But if you go to welcometoperfectville.com first and click on the Amazon link, you'll help out your favorite podcast for the Miami Dolphins. Keep the lights on. Because every time you click that link, a couple of extra dollars that you spend go back to this podcast. That's right. No extra fees. No hidden charges. Just your everyday Amazon ordering and shopping. But because you did that teeny tiny extra step, you help out Chris Cullen, you help out Sam Marku, and you help out Welcome to Perfectville. So every time you shop, go to welcometoperfectville.com, click the Amazon link, and get all your Miami Dolphins Amazon.com shopping done by way of welcometoperfectville.com. Thanks. Unless you didn't do it, then no thanks. And we're back. And by we, I mean me. I am back. Sam Marku. Welcome to Perfect Bill. Chris Cullen, not on this very special episode, just Sam Marku talking about the free agency frenzy that is the Miami Dolphins here in 2022. We went through all the signings that the Miami Dolphins have done so far since the league year has started. Um, Still need help on the offensive line. I would still love to see a middle linebacker or somebody who wasn't on this defense last year signed as well, but uh, we'll see how that works. That might be the draft for us to see there, but we're not going to talk about the draft. We're going to talk about what else is happening in the NFL right now, because the AFC has become a massive, massive powerhouse. I mean, at this point, there's maybe two teams in the NFC that are playoff caliber teams, and the rest are just kind of fraudulent, right? quite frankly. Um, but we talked about this in the last episode. Russell Wilson goes from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos, right? Um, then you have <laughs> I mean, just everything that's going on. Devontae Adams, uh, lifelong dream to be a Raider, I guess, gets traded to the Las Vegas Raiders from the Green Bay Packers for a first round pick and a second round pick. Aaron Rodgers has got to be Will Smith punching the air right now. Just got nobody to throw to has all the money in the world, but nobody to share it with Devonte Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders with Derek Carr, with Hunter Renfro, with Darren Waller. Um, Josh Jacobs says the running back. They have a stacked offense and they're not done because they got Chandler Jones on defense, which is kind of an arms race because Khalil Mack, former Raider, former bear gets traded to the Los Angeles Chargers, their weakness last year, they couldn't pass the, uh, couldn't rush the passer, and they couldn't really intercept the ball very often. Not only do they get Khalil Mack to add to that line with Joey Bosa, but they also have J.C. Jackson, probably the prized free agent for cornerbacks this year. He signs with the Chargers, and all of a sudden the Chargers have um, probably a healthy advantage on defense where it was a deficit last year. So the Chargers pair that amazing offense led by Justin Herbert, along with some key pieces added on defense, and they become a monster in the AFC West, but they're not alone because the Raiders, like I said, add Chandler Jones, the Raiders add Devontae Adams. It's an arms race, ladies and gentlemen, for the AFC West crown. And you know what? It doesn't stop there. The Chiefs added Juju Schuster, Smith Schuster today. You can say what you want about Juju, but Juju with Patrick Mahomes, I think that's a pretty darn good fit. And then, of course, the Denver Broncos get Randy Gregory Snakem from the Dallas Cowboys, who are having probably one of the worst free agency periods that I can ever remember. But he leaves 
Dallas, goes to Denver. He's now in Denver. Denver has Russell Wilson and Randy Gregory. The Chargers have Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson. The Raiders grab Chandler Jones. It's, it's amazing what the AFC West is doing. One of these teams most likely mathematically will not make the playoffs, but I'm willing to bet two of the three wildcard teams are going to come from the AFC West. That's because that's how good they are. Now, some people are thinking they're going to beat up on each other and bring their records down. I hope that's the case, but these teams are so good on paper that they're going to make up for it when they play outside of their own division here, which is the majority of their games. And that's a scary thought to think that three of these teams, if not four, could be going to the playoffs from the AFC West, which means for the Miami Dolphins, if you can't win your division, it's going to be harder to make it to the playoffs than ever before, because I think wild card teams are coming out of the AFC West. And then you still have to contend with the, the AFC North. You have to contend with the AFC South. And one of these teams that always catches fire every single year, for whatever reason, they're like a one and done. They go 11 and six, and they make the playoffs and you don't hear from them for five years. That always happens as well. So it's going to be a tough challenge for the Miami Dolphins to make the playoffs in 2022, even with the additions that they've made on offense and what they could possibly continue to do. Um, but they got to get better. I mean, they, they really don't really have a choice. I mean, it's just insane what's going on there. And even in their own division, I mean, look, the, the, the Patriots were a playoff team last year, sort of. They haven't done anything. They're banking on, I think, just natural progression with their rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, and everyone else there. The Jets have on paper gotten better. I think they're still a long ways away, but the Buffalo Bills, man, the Bills just keep getting better. Say what you want about Von Miller being an old man, but he's an old rich man, and we have to deal with him at least for the next three to four years. He signs a six-year deal worth $120 million to go to Buffalo and chase the quarterbacks of the AFC East around, including Tua Tungabailoa again. All the more reason why the Miami Dolphins need to shore up that offensive line, because if you can't beat Buffalo and you can't get past the New England Patriots, then you're not making the playoffs. It's as simple as that. You have to be better than the Patriots and the Bills. You're already better than the Jets in order to make the playoffs, because if you're banking on being good enough to make it as a wild card, you're probably banking on something that's going to default on that loan. You have to win the division. You have to beat Buffalo. You have to beat the Patriots, and you have to continue to kick the teeth of the New York Jets down their throat. That's the recipe for success for Mike McDaniel, his entire Miami Dolphins team. But I'm telling you right now, if Mike McDaniel does not address the offensive line beyond what he's already done, fans are going to be pissed. And they're already going to put him in the backseat of this car that he's supposed to be driving and say, you better prove to us that you deserve to drive the car. If they lose to the Buffalo Bills again, if they lose to the Patriots, a team that we swept last year for the first time in who knows how long, if they lose to the Jets, there's going to be hell to pay because you're already up against a stacked AFC West. You're up against a Browns team that got themselves an actual quarterback. And oh, by the way, you still have playoff teams like the Indianapolis Colts, the Tennessee Titans, and you don't have the draft capital that you had in the past. So I'm not concerned. I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic with the moves that the Miami Dolphins have made so far, but I don't know that it's enough, at least not yet. So I'm holding out hope. I'm holding my breath. I'm not counting all my chickens before they hatch. Because it's not over yet, ladies and gentlemen, but it doesn't look great right now on paper for the Miami Dolphins to be a playoff team here in 2022. Uh, I need Chris here to balance me out because I'm, uh, I'm starting to get negative and pessimistic, and I don't want to be that. Chris isn't here. He abandoned us all, and it's just me. And because it's just me, we already went through the free agency frenzy that's happening. We'll catch up with Chris next week. And since he has nothing else to say, the only thing left for me to say is goodbye from Perfect Bill. Later.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.